Hello and welcome to Ruta Cosmic Wisdom. I'm Amy. And I'm Alexis. We chat about astrology, archetypes, and spirituality, exploring how these and more can be woven into the day-to-day energy of life. So we'd like to invite you to settle into your body and join us. It is Sagittarius season and we're in an eclipse portal. And yeah, December is going to be quite the month, quite the finale for 2020. It is it is jam-packed full, and even though the start of the portal, the opening of the portal was on Monday, November 30th, 2020, that eclipse season energy stretches out in both directions from the first eclipse to past the second eclipse. Yes, definitely. Yeah, we're definitely in the um, most intense part of the eclipse portal from November 30th through December 14th, but you can feel it really a week or two on both ends. So it's really the whole season. I call it eclipse season is kind of that whole period. Um, So yeah, we're, we're in it. Today is December 2nd when we're recording this. So we are um, at the beginning of this uh, potent portal. Yeah, and it is an eclipse season. It's an eclipse. The The eclipse we had on Monday was in Gemini. Mm-hmm. The eclipse that's coming up on the 14th is in Sagittarius. So it moves along that line of um, Gemini Sagittarius. Rule, Gemini ruled by Mercury. And believe me, Mercury is completely involved in this Mm -hmm. whole thing Mm -hmm. i know it (laughs) (laughs) got deep personal experience yes um and sagittarius is ruled by jupiter um so there's that big expansiveness to this expansive feel to it yeah and jupiter is very much he's loud right now he's getting ready to move into aquarius he is in a sign for about a year. So we've had Jupiter has been in Capricorn from December 2019 until he'll be there through December of 2020. And so it's about a year we get Jupiter in a sign and he's going to be shifting into Aquarius. But just a few days before is along with Saturn. And so they're both moving into Aquarius and Jupiter definitely has a big role in all of this because yes Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter so especially that next eclipse we have coming up um, and then that week later that week Jupiter will be moving into Aquarius which does have an expansive and um, he expands whatever right so it's not like he can be very he's a benefic he can be very um, full of abundance and just a really gorgeous kind of energy, but it it can expand whatever we're in, right? So it doesn't have to look a certain way. Um, And I think with with us expanding 2020, right, and really like (laughs) going there, we kind of can see how Jupiter can work, um, right, in both ways, how he can expand whatever is there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, when 
with the retrogrades that have gone on this year in 2020, Pluto, which if we want to be very, very simple, is archetypally death, has met with Jupiter, which is archetypally expansion, three times now. They've had their three squares. And on each of those squares, we have seen in the United States a COVID spike. Mm -hmm. Like the amount of sickness that can lead to death has expanded. Um, And maybe that's something to kind of just segue into a little bit here is when we, you and I specifically, we um, talk about astrology, part of what we talk about is the energy that these planets, these asteroids, these zodiac signs bring and how that shows up for us on a personal, so in our individual lives and a collective, like the big picture level. Mm-hmm. Yep, Exactly. And right, you can look at both when you're looking at an astrology chart, you can look at how it's how these transits, meaning what's going on in the sky right now. So the things we're talking about, like the eclipses and, you know, the movement of things as they are, how that is happening just as it is and affecting everybody at the same time. We're all in the eclipse season, right? We're all in this energy. But you can also look at your personal chart and look at how this is affecting you Um, specifically. And maybe it's a good place to even just like, because this is our first podcast and because we're, you know, kind of starting with wanting to give some of the basics for those who may not be as familiar with astrology of maybe even just talking about archetypes and just, you know, I was just talking to a friend today about she had an astrology reading and the astrologer told her, you know, this could be, this could mean something, right? This, like a very concrete thing. And I brought in to her, I was like, well, it can also be the way I look at him at any planet or any transit is there's both sides of the spectrum, right? And there's also mm-hmm. different levels of archetypes. So maybe just talking a little bit about archetypes that can give kind of a feel for how we talk about astrology and how we kind of go into it. Cause I, I feel like there can be a narrow window with astrology sometimes and that we yeah. like to kind of broaden it and bring in mm-hmm. the, just the archetypal energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there is that not only does each archetype have a different level of consciousness when they're growing, there is the reality that every archetype has a shadow side and a, a light side. Mm-hmm right? They've got both. Mm-hmm. It's, it can show up messy or it can show up really clean. It can, it can be either direction. Around exactly. It. Yep. And a lot depends on where you're at and what you're like, you know, I'll say the, like where you're vibrating, the level you're vibrating at, mm, yeah. what that attracts in. Right. And, and that is really what it's all about. Um, you know, she was having some, you know, the astrologer was saying things about maybe like a scary thing or maybe like a not great thing that can happen in your life. And when you kind of take a, a, a broader view of this could be anything archetypally, like this could mean mm-hmm. so much because really what an archetype is, is it's opening to pots, parts of yourself, right? So it's really all it is, is like when we get into the psyche, it unlocks a door 
of just a part of you. Really, that's mm-hmm. how I look at archetypes is it's just unlocking a door of just something that's deep within you. It's a style of energy. Like who is pushing at me right now is Mars. Mm-hmm. And our very collective, very small view of Mars is, oh, well, he's the god of war. And war is bad. Um, a bigger, broader view of Mars is that he is a warrior. And warriors stand for what they believe. Mm-hmm. And that is, a, that is a cleaner version of Mars. Um, an older, deeper level of Mars is that Mars was a, was a lover archetype. And he and Venus are the parents of desire. Desire is the, the root of the word desire means of the stars. So this is, a, this is an example of both the shadow and the light, since we're using that kind of polarity, mm-hmm. and the different levels that Mars can work on. He can be a warrior. Um, really clean Mars comes with a lot of loyalty and chivalry. Like think, you know, a knight of old, the knights of the round table feel very Mars mm-hmm. to me. Um, so that, that is, you know, taking, just kind of peeling back those archetypal layers. Um, Athena and Saturn are conjunct today. If we look at Athena, she's the goddess of wisdom. She is also a warrior. And she is known as a virgin, which old virgin, like not the, we don't have sex virgin, but virgin is a woman who stands in her own power. A woman that stands in her own power is a warrior. Mm-hmm. As we can hold ourselves cleanly. So there are layers to all of these energies, all of these archetypal energies. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And one of the pieces that was coming up was that idea of power, like just to highlight, cause we were, you know, talking about that is that can be, there, there can be distorted power, right? Like the unclean power, mm-hmm. which I think is where a lot of the world is uncomfortable with power. And so I think that's where a lot of the um, kind of narrower views of astrology can come in is like there's a lot of fear around power, right? And it can show up as, mm-hmm. well, that could be violent or, you know, and, and that's kind of the window that can be looked at. And yes, that is obviously the world we live in. That's a part, unfortunately, of what, you know, the world is. But there's also the higher power. It's standing in your power. And so, again, it depends on where you're at and, and what you're attracting in and the lessons that we kind of need. Sometimes we do need some of the louder lessons. But that idea that, it's not a bad thing. Like power isn't bad. Yes, we can look at the distortions of any aspect. And so when you take in the higher aspect, like standing in your power is a beautiful thing and a powerful thing, right? So, Mm -hmm. yes. And that is such an overarching theme of 2020 is, is will you stand in your power? Like, will you be 
and authority for yourself? Will you be responsible for how you behave in the world? Mm -hmm. So that's very much this, this big archetypal theme. And I love that we are closing out that our last eclipse of 2020 is a South node eclipse and South node energetically is our past. It's what we're coming from. Mm -hmm. And what we're coming from is very much a system of disempowerment. So can we shed those collective ideas Like, this is a time of releasing. We just had a full moon. Mm -hmm. What can we release? What can we say goodbye to? What can we shed over the next two weeks so that when we step into this new moon energy on the 14th with the eclipse, we can step into a new way of showing up? Yes, exactly. And just to um, bring in another archetype for this solar eclipse that we'll have on December 14th, it's going to be conjunct. We mentioned the south node, right? So that's an, that's an archetype in itself of the south node, but very much associated with our karmic past and also the gifts that we come in with and the gifts that sometimes need to be um, open to. So that's, that's kind of the south node. And then to bring in another archetype that's going to be there is Kali. Mm, love me some so Kali. she's going to be there. Yes. So Kali is a Hindu goddess and she is, talk about fierce. She is that fierce feminine mother that takes no bullshit. She has in her hand, she carries a sword. She has multiple arms, right? So in one hand, she has a sword and the other, she's holding a head, a severed head, which represents the ego. And so she will she is known as the destroyer of the ego. She will do that because there's so much love. She has so much love for your soul that she's a, she's a pretty fierce one. <laughs> she, she is amazingly fierce. Yeah. And that Kali Ma, that Kali, the mother energy of Kali is, I love you too much to watch your ego destroy your soul. Mm-hmm. And that is, it is a hard, big magic to hold that kind of energy that, yes, I see that your little self, your little ego self wants this thing. Mm -hmm. And I also see that that is not what is for you. Yes. Yeah. And I think one way to work with this energy, because that's the beauty of astrology is knowing these things are coming, right? Like, we get to work with it rather than it happening to us. So one of the things is to work with Kali and to kind of look at yourself and look at, look at when you are holding on, looking at the old, old things that you can't let go of. And, and that can be a practice over the next few weeks leading up to this eclipse and around the eclipse, after the eclipse, but especially like leading into this energy when it will be at its peak will be on the eclipse is like looking for those ways we hold on and then that can help so that when it comes the 14th, because Kali can work in a few ways, you know, she can, she can work with you and she can transform your life. But sometimes when we're not on the path and we're really um, 
you know, just really holding on to the old, she'll just pull the rug out from under us. Like she will be like, okay, you want to play that game? Here we go. Like I'm going to really rock your world. And so sometimes we need that, but to work with her is usually a little gentler. Not that it won't be as intense or as, you know, transformative, but we can move into it with a different energy. It's like we're, we're working with her rather than her pulling the rug out from under us. Yeah. And that feels so important from a standpoint of astrologically for me, I don't see anything as bad or good. Yeah. It is how we show up. Are we willing to see? Are we willing to be curious? Is that curiosity and that openness, that explore, explorative energy shifts things that maybe traditionally would have been like, ooh, this is hard. You have Mars square Saturn in your natal chart. Well, is it bad or is this just a point where you really have the opportunity to grow Mm -hmm. and you really have the opportunity to ground down into yourself and recognize how you can work the energy of your natal cosmic wiring is how I look at natal charts. Like that is, that's our natal cosmic wiring Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) to your benefit and to your ability to upgrade and change. Healing to me is about creation. The more we heal, the more we have space to create. Yes. And there is no bad in astrology. It is an issue of how we show up to meet it. Yep. Always. Yeah. And when we can always take that wider perspective or kind of take a step back, you know, and have that soul's perspective, that's when we can see a little clearer. It's usually when we're, um, you know, really getting, and, and we're human. So like, that's part of it too, is like, yes, we get attached, we get emotional, we get hurt. We, you know, go through all of that. And that's part of it too. It's not ignoring it, but it's also being able to kind of take a step back and being in it, but also realizing that there's a bigger, you know, there's a bigger story going on. There's more, there's healing in it. There's beauty in all of it. And, you know, sometimes when you're in it, it doesn't feel like that. (laughs) So it's a, yeah, it's a practice really over time of really, being able to take that step back. Sometimes it takes, you know, talking to a friend. Sometimes it takes someone else to see you in it. Um, You know, that's part of while we're in this eclipse energy, this is it. Like we're in it. So like use all the resources, like call that good friend maybe more times than you normally would. Um, (laughs) You know, like lean on whatever tools. If you have, you know, teachers or mentors, like, do those things because when we're in the eclipse season, we're really in it. And it's sometimes harder to have that wider perspective. Um, but it's so important because that's really how we can get through and, and understand like we are, there is a bigger story happening here. There's that bigger story. And I love that you brought in like calling the people that love you and know you best. Mm-hmm. 
it's not only the support, but it is asking, what am I not seeing about myself? Yep. Like I have this hard situation that keeps coming up. What am I not seeing about how I contribute mm-hmm. in the creation of this? And then really be ready to let it land. Because mm-hmm. we can fall into resistance. And oftentimes when we fall into resistance and when we close down and want to push away, that's a pretty big sign that we've landed on something. Yeah. A, a tender place that there is truth held in that. Yeah. Um, I know that you had a list of kind of our, some of the astrological dates to be paying attention to, starting with, with today, December 2nd, when Athena and Saturn conjunct. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got Athena, the goddess of wisdom, coming in and sitting down with Saturn, who is about structure. So we've got wisdom and structure coming together. Yep. So they're together today. Exactly. And they're at the end of Capricorn. So it's kind of this, you know, we're moving out of what we've been in for most of 2020. There's been a lot of action in Capricorn. It's this structure, right? So there's been a lot of breaking down of structure and kind of, you know, blowing up the whole foundation of everything that was. And so, right, we have Pallas and Saturn who are conjunct today. And Pallas is going to be entering Aquarius on the 7th. So just in a few days, she's going to be kind of the first because her Pallas, Saturn, Jupiter, and Pluto have been really close for a lot of the year. They've been kind of doing their dance between retrogrades, moving back and forth. But they've all been very close in Capricorn. And Pallas is kind of the first one to enter into Aquarius. So Saturn did enter in when he went retrograde earlier in the year, but this is kind of, we're in this, like everyone's getting ready to move in this month. Like Saturn's officially going to be in Jupiter. So of those, Pallas is moving in first, right? So she's kind of taking the first step into Aquarius and saying, okay, we're leaving behind this old structure. We're stepping into the new. Aquarius is very much, it's a revolutionary. It's the rebel. It's an air sign. So it's also about the way we think and, um, kind of that that new new way to be, and Pallas is bringing Pallas's wisdom and strategy, so she is carrying forth and laying some groundwork in Aquarius about how do we want to move into this new cycle with wisdom, yes, and strategy. One thing that came up to me, I was ha- having a phone call today was I, I just dropped into the call that, you know, traditionally after massive, say, plagues, we have something like the Renaissance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. there is this chance of closing out what was and moving into a new way of showing up. And can we bring wisdom to that? Right. Yeah, it's kind of cool that Pallas is the first one to move in. So Pallas Athena, she was, you mentioned she was a warrior goddess. She is um, very much known for her wisdom and her strategy. And so she is moving into Aquarius first, and she's going to kind of lay the groundwork of, okay, there's going to be some type of strategy, and there's going to be 
you know, she's going to bring her wisdom into that. And so that's really amazing to have her there first. She's kind of like bringing that warrior energy, but in a very refined and a very um, organized kind of way. And so, yeah, I'm kind of excited to see what that will look like. So that's going to be December 7th. She moves into Aquarius. And that's kind of, that feels to me the start of moving into this new Aquarius energy. We'll talk about maybe a little Mm -hmm. later, the great conjunction, um, which feels like the big kind of, you know, firework moment of this Aquarius energy. I love that you said firework because you said the great conjunction and the thing that came into my head was like fireworks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those are the fireworks start off the party. <laughs> exactly. It's like the grand finale, you know. But yeah, no, that's mm-hmm. perfect. I love when we're on the same page like that. So yes, there's fireworks that day. <laughs> there are big fireworks that day. However, we're going to we're going to jump back to December 7th. Yeah. When Pallas moves into Aquarius and starts to set up this foundation for us. Yes. Yep. So, yeah, so that will be that first kind of shift into Aquarius, which is really exciting. I think we really can use that. I mean, for me, 2021 feels like a big rebuilding year. So, you know, the work is never done, but (laughs) it feels Mm -hmm. like a different energy really after this great conjunction it does. So having Pallas Mm -hmm. move in on the 7th, it feels like, okay, there's there's that, right? We're still going to be in the eclipse. We still got a lot to work through. But there's going to be that kind of like, okay, Palace is, is starting to move that direction. Um, then we talked about the eclipse. So that's the next big thing that happens on the 14th. Um, and we've talked about that. So that's that, you know, self node eclipse in Sagittarius and that whole idea of um, releasing with the south node. That's, that's mm-hmm. kind of the biggest piece. There's a lot. There's, believe me, we just talked before the call. We talked a lot about the astrology of that eclipse. It's crazy. But if there was like a take home message is South Node and Kali, like really that's um, at least a place to like, okay, we can, we can start to look there. Um, Cause I think it's going to hit everyone very differently too. There's so much going on that mm-hmm. I think everyone's going to have a very different experience, but the one general piece that feels like it fits for everybody is that South Node and Kali piece is, is really loud. The South Node and Kali, the thing that is standing out for me also about this eclipse is that it happens in Sagittarius. And Sagittarius is a sign for me that speaks of hope and abundance. Yes. Um, So while we are in this releasing place, this letting go of what was, there is a keeping in mind. So if you've got a full closet... You cannot add something to the closet. You can't add a gift to the closet. You can't add a pair of shoes if your shoe rack is full. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you let some shoes go. Right. So the universe abhors a void. So if you want to create something new in your life, the balance of letting something go to create the space So there's that to create abundance. Sometimes there needs to be an abundance of release, like that Kali piece of how much can you cut away? How much can Kali help you to see that it's time to let go of, to move forward into opening up for the universe to provide something new 
something fresh. Yep. A different way of being in the world. And while I love the dark and Kali, I also love the light and the abundance and joy that is possible. Yep. It's both. Yeah. And Sagittarius is also a sign of philosophy and higher spirituality. So it's, it's kind of time to, it's a time to go into that and to go into like what it is like to explore our spirituality and just really be curious and really, um, yeah, there can be a beautiful chance to, um, explore with it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some fun stuff happening with Chiron this month too, isn't there? Yeah. So that was the very <laughs> next, yes. I've been like, okay, Chiron, Chiron, Chiron he's pushing. Um, yeah, he's the next day. So the 15th Chiron goes direct and Chiron was also involved with the first eclipse that we had that, um, lunar eclipse at the end of November. So Chiron is the wounded healer. And so he's another one that's going to be really, we've been working with him in this first eclipse. And sometimes, so things that may have arisen are some core wounds, some old, you know, old patterning and things that were kind of like, okay, things maybe we've worked through before and now we're at a deeper lever, a deeper layer, or there may be new things coming up. So with Chiron, it's all about working through these wounds. So it's feeling into where are we triggered? Where are we kind of repeating old patterns? And with him going direct right after this eclipse, it feels like a chance to like that energy shifts, right? He's been internal. He's been retrograde. It's been all about looking within, finding all of those core wounds and all of those pieces that need healing. And really that's what those, you know, two weeks are about all in that eclipse portal. Then Chiron goes direct the next day. To me, part of the message here is Chiron is also a healer. He's a medicine man and he can bring medicine. So if we've done the work, if we've kind of searched and and gone through layer by layer, there can be a beautiful like medicine that comes with him going direct as well. Oh, absolutely. And this feels important. We've said retrograde a few times. Retrograde is a time of review, uh, renewal. It is a time where we look inside. Um, So we look at our own inner wounds. And what is this is leading me to is um, an alchemist, like as above, so below, as within, so without. That is an alchemy principle. And what our inner world looks like is reflected in the outer world. So healing our inner wounds is going to ripple out to the outer world. I was, um, spoke to a lovely gentleman recently and he said that he has realized that he needs to stop being an oak tree. And I'd never heard this before. And he explained it that he realized that as he has aged, he has become stiffer and stiffer and stiffer. And that when the wind blows, oak trees branches move, but they don't have a lot of flex and a lot of give. So in turbulent times and in high winds, oak trees oftentimes are blown down or broken. Mm -hmm. 
and he said, I, I need to be done being an oak tree and I need to be a palm tree. He's like, palm trees are flexible <laughs> and <laughs> they're, they're willing to move and shift and the high winds can come and the palm trees just kind of bend over and surrender to mm-hmm. it. And that was so amazing to listen to him talk. He, he spoke into, you know, what it was to grow up in a, say, he said he had a strictly religious family and while his family never actively taught things like racism, he said he realized as he has grown and aged that there's this imprint on him of how he thinks and it contributes to his oak tree status Mm -hmm. and seeing those inner wounds, those inner things that have imprinted on us as people, when we change those and heal those inner pieces, it changes how we show up in the world. Yes. And that is Chiron medicine. Exactly. Deep, deep, Chiron medicine. Yeah. And it can be things that are like familial patterns. It can be, you know, anything really. Um, And so it's really taking the time to look and be like, okay, where is something that I'm repeating a pattern? Maybe I'm playing out something that's really, that was my parents. That was their karma. I'm still playing it out for them. Or, you know, where am I just repeating things in my own life? Where do I see? I I seem to be in the same situation. That's one way to look at it. And then Mm -hmm. another way too is, is the things that trigger us. Um, the, the, the emotions that keep coming up. If we keep getting frustrated over the same thing, there's something there for you. (laughs) (laughs) Something big there for you. (laughs) So yeah, that's the medicine of Chiron, which is beautiful. And then the next Mm -hmm. day, um, Saturn moves into Aquarius. So we talked a little bit about Aquarius already of Pallas is entering Aquarius on the 7th. And then we get Saturn entering Aquarius the 16th. So the day after Chiron stations direct. And I know you love Saturn. I do. Saturn and I are dear, dear friends. (laughs) Saturn is he traditionally was considered um, to be what what people would say is bad energy. He was a male. Um, and Saturn is just like we spoke about earlier, that, that two sides to the story. Saturn is structure. Saturn also doesn't build the structure. Saturn holds whatever structure we build. So if we build, say, a structure of social injustice, he will hold that structure. If we build a structure where life is what matters and life is what is important and that's what we're going to support, Saturn will support the structure we build. He can be, you know, his shadow side is the abusive father he can also be a very, very loving father. Think Gandalf in all of his wisdom. You know, we don't choose the times we live in. What we do is choose how we show up. That structure piece. And a 
beautiful piece of father energy is that ability to stand back and say, you choose. And Saturn does that. He says, you choose, and then I will support it. Exactly. And the other piece that's dropping in about Saturn, like feeling him move into Aquarius, um, for those who have Saturn in Aquarius natally, they're going to be entering their Saturn return. So Mm. feeling into both those who have Saturn in Capricorn are leaving their Saturn return, which they're probably really happy about. (laughs) (laughs) And those who have Saturn in Aquarius natally are entering in, right? And there may have been a, a, a little drop of Uh, like a preview in the spring when Saturn moved into Aquarius, but now is when the, the real Saturn return begins. And that happens around your late twenties, around age 30. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you know, getting, getting into that 60. Right. So that's your first Saturn return. Exactly. Is at 30, you go through another one around 60 and that time can just be the other thing that Saturn does is he he brings things into reality like he's very much about the physical and you mentioned structure right but if we're talking Mm -hmm. about Saturn return periods it's a time of when things really come into being so often they'll say in astrology like you you come into the fullness of your chart after Saturn return and anyone who's been through a Saturn return can also feel into and again depending on where you're at some people have had really where just amazing things come into their lives or, you know, they get married or they have just abundance or just these wonderful things because of where they are on their path. If you're off, if you're just kind of, you know, not on track, he will just, you know, maybe won't feel so gentle. He'll kind of like, here we go. Here's a, a reality check for you. And yeah, he wants to yeah. shake things up and be a parent and say, hey, is this really the choice you want to make? Exactly. So, yes. So we have that. And then just a few days later, the next one to move into Aquarius, Jupiter in Aquarius, is the 19th. So December 19th, a few days after Saturn moves in, Jupiter will move in. And Jupiter, we talked you know, a little bit about Jupiter and he's abundance and he kind of expands whatever is there. Um, another really fun thing to look at in your chart is what house Jupiter is moving into in for you. So if you look at Aquarius, what house that is, and that's kind of an area of your life that can be expanded, right? And again, expansion just in any direction, but that can be a fun thing to look at is what house it is, can give you kind of a, okay, this is kind of what we're in for the year. He's in a sign for about a year. So that is also um, something to look at in your chart. Mm, yeah, Jupiter is... Jupiter's yummy energy. He is. He is really yummy energy. And then a couple days later, we'll have the Great Conjunction, which is December 21st on the winter solstice when Saturn and Jupiter, who we just talked about, moved into Aquarius. They will meet at zero degrees Aquarius, very beginning of Aquarius, and have their conjunction. It's called the Great Conjunction. It happens about every 20 years. But this one's really significant because it's going to be happening in an air sign. Aquarius is an air sign. And for the past 200 years, it's occurred in Earth. Except for once. There was one air, um, I believe, in Libra. But 200 years of Earth. And so now they're moving into a new 200-year cycle of air, right? So you can also feel into 
that's a huge shift in the physical and the, you know, the earth. That's what we've been in. That very um, just... The messy side of earth is Yeah, capitalism. I was going to say there's like a realist side to it. <laughs> like, yeah. let's just yeah. call it what mm-hmm. it is. <laughs> the, the messy, the shadow side of the earth signs is capitalism and the stripping of resources or the hoarding of resources. Yep. And... Th- that is that is a messy side of it, and we're moving into Aquarius. It's new thought and it's community. So, how do we have new thought around being in community, which is really magical and really amazing from the standpoint of we're coming out of a year where much of the world has been kept separate and out of in-person community. For safety reasons. Yeah, it's it's a whole new way to think, really, Aquarius. And so I think that's that was kind of the word I was looking for before was like the earth, there's a there's a real there's a realism to earth, which is great and beautiful and we live here, we're human, but we also can get stuck in the earth, right? There's a slowness to earth, there's a a very um just heaviness to earth. That when we move into air, there's this lightness and there's a way to be new in our thoughts and to be expansive and to dream bigger. And even when we feel into like the spiritual side of it is to kind of see a little bit more into the esoteric. And yeah, when you bring that into, you know, what that can look like, I think thinking of you brought in the community piece, like maybe the way we're living isn't working. Like maybe there is a completely new way to live because I think we've all felt that, okay, there's no going to be going back to anything that was and how do we now move forward? And so 200 years in air is pretty significant. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's significant. And that it, this is, this is a conjunction that is happening on the winter solstice. The winter solstice marks the longest night of the year. It also marks the return of the sun for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere. So there is that, that sun returning energy. And I know you and I have spoken about it, Alexis, that there is, that this conjunction was the star of Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. Like the return of the sun. Um, and that energy of light and love and the sun archetypally is high masculine divinity. Um, And that energy of how do we show up in our very best? How do we love and accept and hold everyone equally as equally important? Yeah. And the fact that it's on the solstice feels like just extra emphasis on this change we're completely moving into a new 200 year cycle of air and we're also switching into the light, right? We're moving into the days start getting longer. So we're moving into that. It's a huge shift. And to have it happen on that day, like it's not an accident. Like this is very beautifully orchestrated (laughs) by the cosmos. Mm -hmm. This is huge. And that's why I think, you know, we were saying, we we were seeing fireworks. It's like, this is, this is that. And yes, 
things are going to continue to be, you know, challenging and there's going to be a lot of, um, you know, intensity of 2021, but it's going to be different. It it feels like this great conjunction Mm -hmm. on the solstice is a really huge shift. It really, it really does. And those shifts allow us more space to move and a different, a different way to be in, in the world. And so that's that conjunction. When I wanted to talk, I wanted to keep on that because we talked about Jupiter and Saturn moving into Aquarius. But if we go back one day Mm -hmm. to the 20th, so December 20th is the Mars square Pluto aspect. <laughs> was what I'm like, that's like right yes. around there. Isn't that that the God of war? Meets yes. Up with the God and of that's death. their third and final <laughs> meeting of th- they've met up twice more um, this year. And so that's a really potent aspect. Yeah. We have the God of war squaring Pluto, God of the underworld. So, mm-hmm. And we can also look at that as, the God of our highest soul desires and chivalry and what is right and loyal meeting up with the God of accepting every yeah, one. Yeah, in every aspect of yourself. Accepting every yes. aspect of yourself. Yep. Um, so... It's just, it's, it's just really a juicy fun year. I know that you and I have talked about, like, there was this tipping point that happened and there's just, it feels like this sprint to, you know, the end of running through the rope that is 2020 and moving into 2021. And well, yeah, this energy and what things are created and real in the world right now, it's not just going to fall away and it's not just going to like go back. It's going to be a new energy though, because of this conjunction that happens on the 21st. Exactly. And then just the last piece with the Mars and Pluto, if you do want to look back and look at, because that's sometimes when we have Um, they met up like this is their third meeting, right? We can look at the previous meetings and see kind of what's going on. Usually the first, which was on August 13th, can be when something drops in, right? There can be um, whatever it is. There's something that drops in. And then on October 9th was the second square. Um, If I said conjunction before, it's a square, but their, um, their second square was on October 9th. And so that can be, Sometimes when we get more information, when we're kind of in the middle of it, right, there can be just that aspect of it. And then we're going to have their third and final square on the 20th. And so sometimes if you're curious, you can look back and see what what themes were really loud. And that may help you because often with the third square, there is a closing out. There's a clarity. And it doesn't always happen right on that day, but around that time, there can be um, just a clarity and a closing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the almost like, okay, I have the plan. Now I can start to implement the plan. I can take the first mm-hmm. step in the plan. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. good. Um, 
And yeah, in all of that, we also move into Capricorn season. The sun moves into, into Capricorn season, but we can, we can touch on that when we next yes. come together. Yeah, right. And that will be on the solstice, I believe, is the sun enters Capricorn, right? Mm-hmm. So that is, that's another, <laughs> like, that day is really, you know, there's a lot going on. That often happens. The sun, mm-hmm. you know, will move into Capricorn that time of year. That's what happens. But yeah, there's a lot moving in. Um, and it's interesting, too, as those have just left Aquarius, right? Um, the sun will be, I mean, as mm-hmm. those will have just left Capricorn, the sun will be moving into Capricorn. So there's still, um, there's still more to be illuminated there of kind of where we've come from, mm-hmm. right? And Pluto will be there for a while. So there's definitely more Capricorn. But it feels like there's that <laughs> aspect of it, too. You know, when you're at the solstice, it's, yes, we're moving towards the light, but you can also look back. Right. And there's the dark and everything that has come before. So there's that aspect, too. It feels like with the sun moving into Capricorn as the others moved out. Um, it's a huge it's a huge shift. That day is is a big one. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we should have. I think we should. There. A little champagne. Like, <laughs> yeah. A little champagne. Yeah. A little fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us on our explorations and meanderings today. If you have any interest at all in working with either or both of us, you can contact me at aebodyalchemy.com or Alexis at alexisbolvin.com. And if you'd like to work with both of us together, some of our upcoming offerings are Sensual Sisterhood, which will be launching in January of 2021, um, as well as our Awakening Workshops, which will be happening in the spring of 2021. Fabulous. We hope to see you again soon or maybe get the pleasure of working with you and sitting in circle with you. Until next time.